Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. This is The Great America Show. Welcome to Truth, Justice, and the American Way. The FBI and the Justice Department are showering themselves with public revulsion and anger at their actions. What are we to think of these agencies that are contemptuous of the very law they're supposed to protect and defend, but which they instead defy and break with increasing frequency and abandon? There should be no pretense, no hesitation in calling out the FBI for what it has become which is no better than a political armed force for the Marxist Dems and the Democrat Party they lead. In rapid succession, the FBI arrested former presidential assistant Peter Navarro, who worked four years for President Trump. They handcuffed him. They put him in leg irons and put Peter in a cell. That was two weeks ago. And now federal agents have raided the home of former Trump Justice Department official Jeffrey Clark. And according to one of his colleagues at the Conservative Center for Renewing America, Clark had to stand in the street in his pajamas while the agents searched his house early in the morning and took away his electronic devices. All of this as the January 6th Soviet-style committee plans to focus on pro-Trump efforts to overturn the 2020 election. We'll be taking all of this up with the attorney for several January 6th defendants here Monday. We'll be talking with our guest attorney, Joe McBride, some of his clients in jail for a year and a half, and why the Justice Department is being allowed to railroad January 6th defendants. This is America, right? This is America 2022. Our guest today is former assistant to President Trump, Peter Navarro who, as I said, the FBI arrested, handcuffed, and put in leg irons. What was his offense? Peter defied the January 6th committee and refused to honor their subpoena, claiming executive privilege, precisely what former Attorney General Eric Holder did when Congress subpoenaed him, claiming executive privilege and refusing to honor the subpoena. And when he was cited for contempt, he wasn't thrown in a cell. He wasn't handcuffed or put in leg irons. No. Peter Navarro, great of you to be with us here on The Great America Show. And what an ordeal the January 6th committee has put you through. And what an outrage that this is happening in America. Lou, you and I go back a very long ways. Uh, We were the original warriors, and I think you were long before me, fighting uh, communist China's economic aggression and uh, I always enjoyed talking to you on TV in the White House, and um, I'm glad we can reconnect today, sir. Well, thank you very much, and as are you. And I, and right now, you're fighting for all of us as you're standing up for executive privilege. You're standing up for the right of any citizen who's being accosted by his government, uh, specifically the January 6th committee, and then the FBI and Justice Department. My 
gosh, their treatment of you is outrageous. That was an interesting week, Lou. Let me just walk your listeners um, through that. You know, the backstory here is that Nancy Pelosi forms this, this kangaroo committee on Capitol Hill to allegedly investigate January 6th. And one of the things I've said from the beginning, Lou, is that that's, they're not trying to get to the bottom of what happened on January 6th. They're just building a criminal case against Donald Trump, like, like, you know, alleged Russia hoax. Now it's going to be alleged January 6th hoax. And, you know, right off the bat, that's illegal. That's a violation of the separation of powers. That's not the proper role. So I'm in a situation where I get a, I get a subpoena from this committee and I tell them, you know, this thing I've been very consistent about from the beginning is that, look, uh, President Trump has invoked executive privilege in this matter. Um, and it's not, here's the key legal point, it's not my privilege to waive. And I made it very clear to that committee and later on to these gendarmes that are trying to put me in prison now, that the, the least burdensome alternative, which the law requires them to follow, would be to simply go and negotiate the situation with President Trump and his attorneys. And depending on how that goes, I'll do whatever the boss wants me to. Right? That, 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 that's it. As simple as that. And this committee um, is, is just, I mean, there's so many things wrong about it. So they, they continue to pursue me. They do a contempt charge. They, Congress, me and Dan Scavino, one of my great friends in the White House, uh, are together in this vote. And so let me walk you through the, the week that was. It's like on Tuesday, I file a civil suit um, seeking both declaratory and injunctive relief. Declaratory relief in the form of declaring uh, that the committee itself was unduly authorized, not properly right. constituted, and didn't have the power to uh, issue subpoenas, which is, I mean, I'm dead on on that. On that alone, uh, you, you have no business going after me. But then there's also these other key constitutional issues. Now, the separation of powers, which is to say that the legislature, uh, legislature can't perform a judicial function. They can't be judged during an execution of me or Donald Trump or anybody, right? And well, they, they, they sure want to be. That, they sure want to be. They sure want to be. And then tied into that, Lou, is this this um, uh, constitutional proscription against what's called bills of attainder. These go back to pre-revolutionary England, where the legislature, the parliament in England, would use uh, their powers to basically confiscate property from people and punish them in the public square. And, and so they, they can't do that. They, that's all what they're doing to me and me and Trump right now. And then finally, well, not finally, another issue, which I mentioned in the civil suit on Tuesday, which is the biggie, is this fanciful and absurd notion for which there's no settled law that somehow Joe Biden, as the incumbent, can immediately strip President Trump of his executive privilege and me of what's called testimonial immunity. And the reason why executive privilege and testimonial exists, it goes back to George Washington. Throughout the Republic, people have understood, and the Supreme Court has opined on this, that in order to have effective decision-making in the White House, you need to have people like me and the president be able to have candid conversations. Right? So I follow a suit, Lou, on Tuesday, um, 
And then um, on Wednesday, I send a, 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 what I would say would be a conciliatory letter to the Department of Justice. This woman named Patricia Alloys, the deputy attorney in the District of Columbia, saying, look, I'm in an untenable position. There's conflicting constitutional issues here. What 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 I my read of the law is that I have a duty to my commander in chief, to this country, to this republic, and to the Constitution to fail to comply with, with that subpoena for all of the reasons I laid out in the civil suit. But what was the other thing that was interesting about the letter, because I gave look, I said in that letter, look, please go talk to Trump and his attorneys. That's the, the least burdensome alternative. And by the way, Here's the name of my attorney that you can talk to, right? So, so you know, that's about as, as, as straightforward as you can get, right? And it's crickets, right? That same day, Wednesday, right? This is you know, like May 31st, right, before, before all hell breaks loose. Um, and and um, so I, I call this guy Walter Giordano, right? This is our... This is our FBI. He's a special agent that the week before banged on my door and, like, gave me a subpoena, got me out of bed. You know, it was, like, just way over the top in and of itself there. And I said, Walter, hey, we're on first, I'm in first-name basis with this guy who's, like, trashing my apartment, trying to, you know, wake me up. In the I said, Walter, look. Are you saying the FBI agent, you're on first-name basis with him, and he's doing yeah. what? Um, he came the week before he came and de de delivered a subpoena to my apartment. Now, here's an interesting element to the story, Lou. I live literally less than 50 yards from the FBI across 9th Street. Right. 50 yards, right? So I'm there. I'm there anytime they want me, right? And he came the week before, gave me a subpoena. So a week later, I go, hey, hey, Walter, you don't have to wake me up. At the, at, at, at the dead of dawn, whatever you need, just call me. I'm cooperative. I'm 72 years old. I'm 145 pounds. No threat to anybody. You need anything, Walter? Just, just you know, it's like this is this is. Now, wait the a minute. I, I, I want to understand something. You're having this conversation proactively. You haven't proactively on okay. Wednesday before the Friday where all hell right. breaks loose. On Wednesday. A, a, a conciliatory kind of let's you know like please go talk to my attorney go talk to trump and his attorneys i'm in a bind here because it's my duty and honor to do what i'm doing and and by read of the law is that i'm perfectly within the bounds and by the way it's department of justice's own policy lou own policy dating back to the 1970s memorializing over a dozen memos that people like me at the highest level in the White House have what's called absolute testimonial immunity, which is to say that Congress come knocking on my door, I don't have to answer, okay? So all this transpires, it's like I'm doing, doing the best I can, right, to, to kind of manage this situation in a civil way with a civil suit and, and just, you know, okay, here we go. Yeah. And so, oh, it's crickets. It's crickets. And I'm scheduled to... Um, to go on uh, Friday in the morning, uh, mid mid morning. Uh, so I got a flight at eleven. I don't know eleven thirty out of Reagan on to Nashville because I was going to do our brother Mike Huckabee's show in a live audience, right? And so, um, so 
Yeah, I get up in the morning, have breakfast. Uh, it's like nothing's going on. Beautiful day. I go out to the airport, and I'm just sitting there waiting for the plane in my suit. And um, little did I know, they had a five-team FBI team. I mean, maybe it was the same guys who were part of the Governor Whitmer, like FBI informant plot. Maybe it was the same team that had something to do with Jan 6 instigating the violence, allegedly. Who knows? But we know the FBI. <laughs> anyway, five five agents, they're armed, they're surveilling me. I don't know they're there. And so they I, sent I go up five to the, uh, FBI agents. Five. Armed. To, to detain armed. you. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, you know how you go, like, you get on a plane and you, you scan your ticket and then you walk through that door on the, onto the jetway, right? So there's all these people there. And, like, so I go in, and it's my turn. I, I go into the jetway, and they immediately block everybody, right, and slam the door. And, these, and I, I don't even see this, right, because I'm just walking to the, 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 the door of the jet. I'm walking along midway in the jetway. And I see Walter, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, "You got to be kidding me! You, you, yeah, I live 50 yards away from you. I called you and said, give me a call, and you're like, you're gonna grab me before I get on an airplane to to, to go see Mike Huckabee? You got to be kidding me!" And I turn around, and there's three of them behind me with with uh, you know, they're armed. <laughs> You're not saying they had long guns or anything drawn, right? No, 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 no. Just okay. you know, they, they were. Yeah, I'm a dangerous hombre, Lou. You know, I don't know. Now, yeah. you and Walter yeah. now have got a relationship. You see him, <laughs> you start talking to him. What does he say to you? Well, one of the first things I say to him is, Walter, um, I want to call someone right now, right now, for legal advice. And he kind of, eh, you can't do that. And I go, Walter, I need to call. So several times I asked him. And then and then, then they do this, like, half-assed reading of my Miranda rights, and right there, they violated, uh, you know, two rules there. They, they screwed up the Miranda rights, and, and they didn't allow me, they led me to believe that I would not be able to contact an attorney until I saw the magistrate. And it's like, when's that? Well, you're scheduled at 2.30. So, so what they did, Lou, is like, like they, they put me in this bubble for three hours, and I'll tell you what that was like. But but here's the point I want to make here. As soon as they grab me and they didn't let me call an attorney, um, and they take me down downstairs to the tarmac and put me in handcuffs and, and throw me in the car, they're leaking this thing to the press. Okay, it's like this thing's all over the news. No surprise. By the time I'm down on the tarmac, but yeah, but you know that's that's not right either, right? So this is part of the show. This is the this is the publicly humiliate. Navarro and, and this, that, and the other thing, you know, it's like, and, and so, so, so they, they take me back, back to where I live, essentially, uh, minus 50 yards because it's to the FBI. I mean, that's the thing. It's like the way this usually works, Lou, and, and I had FBI agents, ex-FBI agents call me, and they're outraged. It's like for somebody, this was a, this was a white-collar division quote, crime, unquote. It's a misdemeanor that doesn't involve any fraud. Even if there's, like, there's fraud, they arrange what's called a voluntary surrender. It's like you have a conversation on the phone. It's like, okay, 
When when can you come in? Well, you know, I got this thing in Nashville. Can I come so, in on Monday? Or even if not, it's like they didn't do any of that. They were so far outside the bounds. But I'm just getting started. So so anyway, um, I wind up in uh, – first, first they strip search me. Then it's leg irons, and I'm, I'm in solitary uh, in John Hinckley's cell, you know, up to, until I see the magistrate. I don't get to talk to an attorney. And then three minutes before the hearing, they stick me with a public defender, nice person, but hardly, hardly schooled in constitutional law. And there it is. And now, like, I'm facing, you know, a million dollars in legal fees uh, and two years in prison and $200,000 worth of fines. And this is what they do, Lou. It's called lawfare. You know, they use, they use lawfare, like uh, the tool that weaponized Congress's investigatory powers. They weaponize the FBI and the DOJ, and I don't even know what they're trying to do with me. I mean, it's other than to make a make an example of me, and then and then try to put yep. Trump in prison as well. I mean, if they can come for me, Lou, they can come for you. They can come for anybody listening to this show. Oh, you better. I mean, I, you know, like it, no, no. I mean, nobody ever accused me of not doing a great job at the White House. I mean, I saved, I saved hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of lives because. Early on in that pandemic, I was on that case. I mean, from January 28, 2020, before just about anybody in the White House was doing anything, I was in the situation room fighting Fauci and, and, and then getting ready in February to get us everything from vaccines and PPE to mat, all sorts of stuff. And, by the way, created hundreds of thousands of jobs on behalf of Trump. And so, yeah, you know, like if they can do that <laughs> to Peter Navarro, they can do it. To do Luke you Dow, really they can think... do it to Donald Trump? Anybody? No. I I would say it just slightly another way. I think they treated me differently from every other white collar criminal, and I'm not that 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 comes across their desk. They made a public spectacle out of me to punish, humiliate, shame me. I'm not, I'm not humiliated and shamed. I mean, my attitude is like, they ought to be. Screw you. I mean, you, you did this. They are the ones who should be humiliated and shamed by what they did because nobody, I mean, look, I've had a tremendous outpouring of people contact me across the political aisle, you know, all of my blue collar, uh, you know, Trump Democrats, whatever they're going, how dare they? Right. And so, Have you heard from a single FBI agent or Department of Justice official to say, you know, we're ashamed of what they did to you. We can't believe it. Yeah, more than one. In fact, uh, Mark Morgan, um, who I think you had on your show a number of times, um, he he was the uh, uh, head of the Customs and Border Protection. But I don't know if you know this, Lou. He, before that, he was a high-ranking FBI agent for many years, and he's uh, he's spoke um, on publicly about this several times about how far outside the norms it is for them. I mean, it, it endangers. I'm talking about somebody who is in the FBI or the department of justice right now. now. Did a single they one of them. Dare. They wouldn't dare. Yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't dare. dare. And you know, I would say to the FBI, there's a lot of there's a lot of good folks inside the FBI, but at the how time do you it's know? Now, how do you know? They, how do you know? They, Not a single yeah, one well, came forward when yeah. they knew when they knew yeah. that President Trump yep. was no part of Russian collusion. That Hillary Clinton yep. had yep. gamed the whole thing. Not a single person stood up. 
not in that entire agency. It is corrupt to the bone. And what I don't understand, Peter, honestly, is how you would have expected otherwise. Because we we documented (laughs) this. I mean, look what your your president has been impeached twice. He had a special counsel. He was investigated by the FBI for three years for no reason, and they never laid a glove on him. It was always a fake, a farce, and and absolutely a, a, a tragedy what they did to this man and to this country and to you and me and everyone who voted for him. It's an outrage. We should not. Although the one thing I would say here is that what what's going on in my case is unprecedented in our republic. Trying to trying to put a high-ranking white hang on, hear me out here. Trying to put a high-ranking White House official in prison for contempt of Congress and doing that in the manner in which they did. I mean, there's the closest thing. You could get would be the Eric Holder thing, where he, you know, he was is. responsible for people dying in Mexico with you know FBI provided guns. They didn't put him in leg irons. They didn't arrest him. They didn't prosecute him. But so this is like, <laughs> I mean, you asked me like I shouldn't be surprised. Well, they did something which which is unprecedented. It's totally unprecedented. Lou. They went way past. Uh, where anybody's ever gone, and not in a good Star Trek way, my friend. Uh, There is no question that the perfect analog is Eric Holder, the former attorney general under President Obama. Uh, Contempt of court, no one arrested him, no one tried to in any way humiliate him. Uh, In point of fact, uh, or put him in leg irons or uh, handcuffs. I, I mean, but we're dealing with something different here. You're talking about this administration. It is an extension of everything that we are talking about at the Obama administration. There is no one in history that is, this has ever happened to. And it tells you well, how much trouble this yeah. republic is in. Well, the, the, the really really bad guys here besides Biden and Pelosi, because Biden, the White House colluded, it looks like they colluded either tacitly or explicitly with what the committee's doing, because they sent me, Biden's counsel sends me this letter saying we're stripping you of the privilege. That doesn't happen by accident. But the, the other big bad guys here in particular, Adam Schiff, who's now he's lying about January 6th, um, and Jamie Raskin, These are these are two really, really bad feeds for this republic. I mean, it took, I get, in my civil suit, Luke, I go through five years of history since Trump, the day Trump got elected, that show that all seven Democrats on that kangaroo committee participated in multiple attempts to overthrow the Trump government. And they did it with a phony Russia hoax that's been discredited. They did it with two phony impeachment trials. And they did it, Lou, I don't know if you're aware of this, through at least three House resolutions designed to take Trump out of office on bogus ground. So there's this, and it's relevant in the law because they're showing a legislative history uh, that they're out to perform a judicial function, judge, jury, and executioner on Trump, and now me. Uh, Jamie Raskin and Adam Schiff led the impeachment of Donald Trump twice. And they are two of the biggest Marxist Dems leading the Democratic Party into perdition. 
Uh, it is, uh, it's appalling. They, they hide behind their own congressional immunity to, to freely lie to the American people, and they're not held accountable. And then they go after me when I have a legitimate claim that it's not my executive privilege to waive. And then, you know, now yeah. <laughs> like I heard in possible prison. So where I mean, you can't make that stuff up. It took no. me, let me just say this quick. It took me like, I, I read Kafka in college, Lou. It took me till I got to be 72 years of age to understand Kafka fully. Yeah, well, uh, knowledge is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> the, the, the risk here is that people under don't understand fully how awful this, this situation is. Where does your case stand right now? Well, um, this, uh, this last week I was uh, arraigned, uh, and that's where you enter the plea of, of uh, not right. guilty. And we're in the process now of setting the calendar for when the trial is going to be. Um, yeah. What I, are you actually have, charged with? What are you actually charged with? <clears throat> yeah, it's two counts of contempt of Congress. One uh, is that I failed to comply with a subpoena to testify, and one that I failed to comply uh, with the production uh, of documents. Let, let, let's, sure. let's be very direct here. You have yeah. charges against you, and you were arrested by the FBI on those charges. There has never yeah. been a time in American history in which that has ever happened to a White House official and assistant to the President of the United States, correct? That is absolutely correct, and don't forget, it's a, up to two-year well, prison let, term and two hundred thousand dollars of fines. Never happened. We now have categorical proof that the FBI is a fully weaponized, a fully directed, armed agency of the Democratic Party. It is that straightforward. This is a moment in American history, and I want to make this absolutely clear as I can to the audience. We are living in the maximum perilous moment of American history, and don't doubt it for a moment. This is not something that is going to be, it's not going to end with Peter Navarro, I guarantee you. This is a Democratic Party that has sworn, sworn to overturn a president and President Trump, to overthrow his government and to overthrow the institutions that made Donald Trump possible. And this is all about making sure Donald Trump can't run in 2024. Absolutely. And, and the three big things, Lou, that threaten our republic here, and this is why I'm fighting this, uh, are the weaponization of Congress's investigatory powers for judicial and partisan ends. You can't do that. The second biggie is, is the separation of powers which goes hand in hand with that weaponization. And the third one is, is uh, the, the importance, Lou, of executive privilege and collaterally testimonial immunity in, in really having an effective decision-making process. And the Democrats, uh, with the help of, of the Justice Department and, and the FBI, really want to uh, get, the, get Trump and me, apparently, off, off the chessboard, and they're willing to sacrifice 
apparently these congressional, uh, excuse me, these constitutional issues. And this is historical. I mean, this is this going down in the history books one way or the other. My hope, Lou, and I've said this all along, the reason why I fight this to the end is that, that we get this to the Supreme Court. The law is on my side here, Lou. The law is on our side on every single point I filed in my civil suit. The Supreme Court um, will look at that, then we'll have a ratification, we'll have settled law on really key constitutional principles that will strengthen this republic. If that doesn't happen and, and I wind up in, in prison, uh, it's, <laughs> I, I fear for this republic. I fear for this republic and I fear for you. Because there is no such thing as being on the right side of the law right now because we don't have law enforcement anywhere in the federal government. The FBI, the Department of Justice, the Department of Homeland Security. People need to look at this with wide open eyes at a border that is under the control of the Mexican drug cartels on both sides of it. This administration is pro-cartel, pro-deadly drugs, pro-fentanyl pro-sex trafficking, pro-smuggling of illegal immigrants and their distribution across our entire country, some two million of them, in the first year and a half of the presidency. Not even quite a year and a half at this point. And, and arresting and putting in John Hinckley's cell. By the way, I've got to ask you, who told you it was John Hinckley's cell? I, I Actually, two separate guys told me that. They seemed to think it was like interesting or historical note or something. I mean, whatever. It's like, think about that. The the guy who shot a president is in the same cell as the guy who helped the greatest president in modern history create a beautiful economy and fight China and strong national security. That that somehow, what's wrong with that uh, that picture, Lou? And the problem here, I think, if I can say this a little more granularly. The problem isn't that, that there's no system of justice. It's there's this dual system of justice. One for people associated with Trump that, that just just brutally punishing, shame, humiliation, this, that, and the other thing. The other for everyone else where it's like, come on over the border, commit a felony, walk free. I mean, it's, it's crazy. The attorney for Perkins Coy uh, the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton campaign attorney lies and admits he lied to the FBI, and he's acquitted uh, in Washington, D.C., and, and by the way, <laughs> there would be no other outcome. Yeah. So there isn't yeah. just – I know that it's popular to say the dual justice system. There's no duality. There's only one, one law enforcement uh, tier, and that is – against a law-abiding citizen, conservatives, and Republicans. Anyone else, there is no law enforcement system at work at all in this country where that law enforcement system is under the control of the Democratic Party. Yeah. Leg irons, Lou. Leg irons. By the way, (laughs) this is not without humor. Like, they're... They're walking me down to my cell. I'm in leg irons. The guy, like, he's going fast. I'm thinking, dude, I'm in leg irons. I can't keep up with you. I couldn't keep up with you when I was 20 years old in these things. You can only take, like, a 12-inch stride. It's like, <laughs> uh, you got well, want- gallows humor, my buddy, gallows well, humor. 
keep that sense of humor. It's uh, it's life sustaining, my friend, as you well know. Yeah. The book is Taking Back Trump's America. Uh, Peter Navarro's new book. It'll be out in is uh, September. Is that correct, uh, Peter? That is absolutely correct. It's the battle cry and blueprint for taking back the White House and the House in 22. And the sub uh, the subtitle is why we lost the White House and how we'll win it back. Uh, you know, on that score, uh, finally, people are starting to recognize that President Trump was right. 2020 was rigged uh, in so many different yep. ways. Uh, give us your thoughts on how to get the White House back and how concerned are you? about 2022 uh, being uh, a mirror image of 2020. Lou, uh, what we're doing as we speak in the political end is fighting hard to get Trump Republicans into the House, but also Trump Republicans to seize the Secretary of State positions around the country through the ballot box so that we can have fair elections. Unless we have... uh, Secretaries of State like Mark Fincham in Arizona, Kerala in Michigan. There's people running that we've got to get in there so we have the fair elections. As long as we have absentee ballots, like just just willy-nilly without any signature match or anything like that, we run the risk of losing it. But the big thing, you know, the, the punchline, how we lost the White House, you know, the spoiler alert there, we made it close enough to steal, right? And And what happened was, and I'll go through this in Taking Back Trump's America, all the, all the issues that came up where we could have done better. And for me, the essence of, of, of running and winning in 2024 is running on a pure Trumpian, populist, economic nationalist, Lou Dobbs platform on secure borders, on onshoring our production and manufacturing here, ending endless wars. And if we stay true to that, if we stay true to that, um, Donald Trump will take the White House back um, in 2024 if he runs, and I sure hope he does. Uh, But whoever runs in 2024, if it's not Trump, that has to be the platform because this country, Lou, we're on the precipice here economically. I mean, I've never seen it. You and I went through the 70s. You know how bad that was. This is going to make the 70s look like it was prosperous. And so it's just really important Get Pelosi the hell out of there. Get back to governing rather than weaponizing Congress's investigatory powers. Take back the White House. Focus on getting our our frackers back to work in Pennsylvania and North Dakota. Sealing that border. We got over 2 million people coming, streaming across that border. And then getting the hell out of endless wars. So that's what what it's all about, big picture. Taking back Trump's America. Taking Back Trump's America, that is the title of Peter's new book. It'll be out in September, and you can order it, pre-order the book, and we encourage you to do so and recommend it to you highly. Taking Back Trump's America, why we lost the White House and how we'll win it back. Peter Navarro knows a lot about both. Peter, thanks for being with us. We wish you all the best, uh, and let's talk soon. You're a patriot, and uh, I'll, I'll come back and update you regularly, sir. Thank you so much for the uh, the airtime today. Bye-bye. And yours as well. Thank you, Peter. Peter Navarro, former President uh, Trump's 
uh, special assistant. Uh, he was in charge of the trade policy for the White House uh, uh, for a, a, a very long time uh, and uh, served the nation well. Peter Navarro. Peter's book, Taking Back Trump's America, is now available for pre-order. The book is entitled Taking Back Trump's America. You can order it right now, and we recommend it to you highly. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. And Monday, our guest will be Defense Attorney Joe McBride, representing a number of January 6th defendants. We'll be discussing the plight of all the January 6th defendants and examine why the FBI has now become the political secret police for the Marxist Dems and the Democrat Party. That's here Monday on The Great America Show. Please join us. Till then, God bless you. God bless America.